0: Strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people. I am your host, Steph Sia, aka Kimchi on stage. I am a digital content creator, a stripper—not former, since I just danced recently, which is great, yay. <laughs> I'm a former sugar baby, and person that does a lot of things on the internet. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. But I have someone that's even cooler than me. On the show. Yes, you are cooler than me. (laughs) I have brought Yana Petrova onto the show today to speak all about escorting. She is a really, really fucking cool escort here in Vancouver, Canada. So, anyone, any clients listening, feel free to book her. She's amazing. And that is (laughs) as much as I know about you. I know you were recommended by a former guest on the show from season one, Karina Riviera, and I think you guys are like BFFs. Really? Like- yeah, we're,
1: we're we're really good friends. She's such a sweetheart. I love her so much. She's great.
0: She is great, and she is the number one episode on the show. <laughs> number one. What's so reason I feel
1: like components? yes of course
0: she is she just provided a lot of insight and I'm kind of embarrassed to say that I haven't had um many escorts on the show I've had just her and another one as well but I would love to hear more about this side of sex work and I'm sure the audience would like to hear more as well just because it was such a popular episode so thank you so much for joining me yana yay (laughs)
1: my pleasure i'm very happy to help shed some more light and uh give you guys a peek into the world of escorting yeah so like i
0: don't know a whole ton about you but if you wanted to go into your own definition your own introduction of who you are and what it is that you do would you like to go ahead and do that
1: Sure, yeah, so my name is Yana Petrova, I'm a Ukrainian escort here in Vancouver, so like you asked earlier, like Petro versus Petrova, Mm -hmm. Um, like in Ukrainian, um, the A at the end just signifies that I'm a woman, that's just feminine, so like that's that's kind of, like Petrova is basically like of Peter saying, right?
0: Right. Um,
1: But so I am originally from Toronto, and I moved... I to the West Coast when I was 18. Um, I've now been a escort for around two years. And it's been a blast. It's been a wild ride. A lot of ups, a lot of downs. But, you know, that's the world we live in. Me, personally, what I generally tend to offer is, I would say, I'm more of a girlfriend experience escort, where I really focus on kind of a more intimate relationship. I really... Rather than performing X, Y, Z services, I really just want to kind of form a bond and hang out and just have a damn good time together. That's kind of what I'm all about.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I feel like the girlfriend experience, whether it's with escorting or phone sex or something else, like I feel like that option is really, really popular,
1: really popular. Oh, it definitely is. And I especially think that in a city like Vancouver, which... I feel like culturally, everyone, people love to talk about Vancouver like it's the best city in the world, but at the same time, I feel like a lot of people will admit that it is quite a lonely city. It's yes. kind of a city that's really hard to make friends in, it's really hard to meet people, it's really hard to build connections, so I I think it's really important to have people that are providing kind of safe spaces for people to come, de-stress, unload in, and just kind of feel that genuine human connection the genuine human touch that Mm -hmm. that's what people really crave I think
0: yeah and especially in times like this with COVID like not being allowed to socialize not being allowed to see your friends and family like that social aspect and also the human touch is so so necessary and again like having sex workers to provide that is is Uh, excellent
1: (laughs) oh yeah of course it's we're social beings we're social mammals we're little primates that grew up in societies and so we need we need friends we need community we need support around us and uh, I think it's really cool that I get to provide that in a pretty unique and special way
0: Yeah, in a super hot sexual way, too. Let's not forget about that. Yeah, of course. That comes along with it, duh. Which is super fun. But I want to know, since you have been doing this for the past two years, like, how were you introduced to this line of work?
1: Okay. So how I got into this is I kind of had always thought or considered sex work, I suppose, like, kind of peripherally in my life um, because I've always – well, not always. When I was like a, a young teenager, I was super fucking weird and awkward, and the opposite of hot. Uh, <laughs> and then I feel like when I had my sexual awakening and I realized that I was a bad bitch and I was hot, um, <laughs> I just really grew into my sexuality, and I've always been—I've always been a slut, you know. I've always <laughs> been a slut. And now I'm just a professional slut. That's—that's that's all that's changed. Yes. Um, but so, I, sex work is something that I've really thought about for a long time. But never really been ready to take the plunge into, also because it's kind of like this scary thing that like you know exists, but no one talks about it. And you don't know how to start, you don't know what what you're supposed to do, how to get into it. So it wasn't until I actually met a friend of mine through university who she luckily enough, like I'm so I feel so blessed to have met such a wonderful, rad human being who was open about being a sex worker. Mm. And I started talking with her and I was like, oh, well, how how does this work? And then she kind of started giving me some resources, recommended me, like referred me to a few different websites and places to look for some more information. And then it basically, well, the way that I ended up getting into it once after I had discussed with her and she had given me these uses, I basically spent a year thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I spent a whole year looking into it, kind of planning, kind of strategizing, figuring out what I'm comfortable with, how I would like to run things, where I'd like to end up. And then one day it was just kind of like, okay, that's it. I ripped the bandit off. It's time to just do it. I was really in a in a hard place when it comes like, with my mental health and my physical health. University had really taken a huge toll on me, and I just wasn't happy financially or personally. Like it just, I wasn't in a very good place. And I was like, "Well, you know what? I feel like now's the time. I might as I need to change something. So let's try out this thing that I've been thinking about for the past year. Let's just do it." Yeah. Um. So then I, so then I started in it, and uh, the way that I started was definitely, I'm in a much different position now. Okay. From where I first started. When I first started, even though, even given all of the research and everything I had done, uh, I feel like right off the bat, I had a better understanding of branding and professionalism than many people might when they first start because Mm -hmm. of all my research, my, you know, all my, all the research that I had done. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But uh, I still had started in a place where I was... Like, there was other people making a lot of money off of me, mm-hmm. you know, I I wasn't seeing all the fruits of my labor, and I had other people dictating what my rates should be, like, at the end of the day, it was up to me, but it was still, there was a lot of pressure of, like, oh, you need to lower your rates, oh, you need to do this, so, like, the, the, it, it wasn't, it was presented to me originally as a very open and friendly environment, but after being there for a few months, I had learned that that wasn't what what was okay. actually up. Okay. Uh, so then after I had been there for a few months in that position, I kind of started to realize like, okay, you know what? I've always had a clear vision of what I want to do and I know where I want to get to, and why am I spending this time listening to what other people have to say? Yeah. Why am I taking into consideration what this person thinks my rate should be, how this person thinks it should advertise. Or like I, oh, I remember when I when I left that situation. Um, the person that I was working with slash for mm-hmm. told me like you know she straight up said to me like you'll never make it. You'll never make it downtown. Um, you don't have the body type. You don't have the look. You're, and uh, now looking back, I recognize that that was her way of trying to control me to try to keep me there so she could continue making money off of me. Mm-hmm. But I was like, at that point I was ready and I had the confidence instilled in me or I was like, you know what? I, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. You know what? Maybe I don't, maybe you're right. And I will fall on my ass and I won't do well, but I have a feeling I'm going to do really well. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to trust myself and I'm going to listen to my gut and I'm going to do what I think is right and I've been running with that and I've been happier in every sense of the way like every sense of the word I've I've just been so happy since I decided to just trust myself and just to try things and go for it and and here I am now yeah sitting in my lovely in call on the (laughs) bed (laughs)
0: oh man this is such an incredible story and I have so many questions already so So I guess from what I'm gathering, I guess, were you working for an agency before when you first started or like how, because it just sounds like there's somebody, there's like a third party or somebody that was also involved with managing your bookings, managing your rates and whatnot.
1: Is that correct? Well, it's kind of like a, it's a difficult position and I don't really, you know, I don't want to... uh, to upset anyone in the industry either Mm -hmm. because I know that this person has and this situation has worked for a lot of other girls and has helped a lot of other people Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day I am grateful that this is that was where I started and not in like a worse position yeah but um I was essentially always I'd never worked for an agency I've always been an independent escort but when I began I was working out of this Uh, I was working with this group basically where they had several in calls around town and Mm -hmm. you can kind of bounce around them. And at the end of the day, however, like you make your own ads, you do your own bookings, you set your own rates. Okay. But if you weren't making enough money, like if you weren't making enough money to pay the in call fees or the fees that they had set up for them, that's when it would get into, Okay. okay, well actually you need to lower your rates. The reason you're not making any money is your rates are too high. And this was back when When I think about it, like back, the rates that I was told are too high, that's like nowadays for me, like I'm making twice that easy. Um, But uh, it was just, it was an environment where I wasn't being directly controlled. And it was the way it was presented to me when I first joined is that it's like, oh, it's a woman run, Mm. woman run. Co-op, basically, like a like a group of us yeah. all together, and we're here to support each other. But by the time I left, it was very clear that that was all kind of a, a ruse, I think. And really, at the end of the day, it was just someone trying to make an exorbitant amount of money off of me. Yeah, uh, that yeah. looking back, like, makes no sense. Why? What was I spending that much money for? Why were they making so much money off off of me? For what? I don't. I really, to this day, I have no idea what it was for. Hmm. Um. But, uh, yeah, so it was just, uh, I was always independent, but, like, independent-ish, I guess you could say, at the beginning, yeah. Yeah, oh,
0: that's so interesting. Like, I wonder, like, you don't have to, like, obviously share any, like, hard numbers or anything, that's not what I'm asking, but, like, what kind of cuts were they getting from you, or, like, what kind of things were they cutting off in terms of, like, oh, you're, like, the in-call fees and whatnot, if you can share. (laughs)
1: Well, so it was basically $250 a day. Mm. And the idea was that if you have a bad day and you don't make that much money, you can always reach out to the person running them and then just leave 30% of whatever you've made. Oh, wow. But when you did have a bad day and you would reach out to them, then they would say, all right, well, let me check the logs. Let me check to see how many people you've buzzed up that day. Let me do the math. Let me add up how many times you've opened the door mm-hmm. and for how long each client was there for. Um and the two hundred fifty dollars a day, I mean, like that 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 amount might make sense if these were nice places. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> but these were apartments that like the rent was without a doubt, like $1,000 a month, probably, or or a bit more, you know, like, they they weren't, they weren't particularly well furnished, they weren't Mm. particularly high end. Yeah, Uh, they were just very basic, very, very minimal, no additional safety or protection for me. Oh, my gosh. And like 250 bucks a day, what, just because you know, you know what I'm doing, you know, like, it was, it was a little bit, uh, yeah, I, I feel like it was a, a bit exploitative, I would say.
0: Definitely exploitative, for sure. Because, like, what the fuck do they need that for? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. what's the breakdown? And they, I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. they and don't break um, that down. For that's you. when
1: I realized, okay, I should just leave and do this on my own. Because at that time, you know, with the amount that I was working, the amount of days I was booking, you know, I, I kept a log of everything. I kept a log of all my expenses, and I just added it up at the end of the month. And I was like, holy shit, I could rent. I could rent a beautiful apartment downtown for the amount of money that I'm spending yeah. on these mediocre areas. For um, sure. And uh, yeah, but you know, I wish all the best to all the girls that are still there and uh, you know, have no, no hard feelings, but just, it wasn't, it wasn't Listen it for, for me. Yeah. But not a fit. I've always been, you know, before being an independent escort, I've always been an independent woman and mm-hmm. I've always been very driven and ambitious and, I just outgrew the need for, for that kind of environment.
0: Yeah, for sure. And also, just an FYI, because we do have a lot of international listeners here as well. Like a thousand dollars in Vancouver is like nothing. It's like where I'm sorry, but where can you well, find that
1: place? Well, they weren't like in Vancouver. They were like Coquitlam. Oh wow. And, like Burnaby so the, yeah. I'm sure they were more than a thousand a month I'm sure they were like 1500 but not more than 1500 you know but still. which is like <laughs> if it's 250 a day like honey you're making that up in a week so yeah. so, what's <laughs> so where's there, see, the money going and it was yeah. one of those situations where like okay if I'm spending this much but also like there's improvements coming to the space like I remember when I had first joined I was told like oh yeah for this one one of the apartments We're working on getting uh, a dining room, like a little dining room table, a little dining room set for here. And then, like, five months later... There was no dining room set, and like, mm. what does I'm working on it mean? Yeah. I'm paying you two fifty a day. Like, you you can buy a nice you. You should be able to afford one by now. Five months later, hello. Yeah, you'd think <laughs> even with the lead
0: time and like the delivery and everything, even if it was, like back order, you should be able to get that no. by then.
1: Yeah, Oh god. I don't. I, to this day, actually, I know that there is no dining room table at that specific apartment. But. Oh my
0: gosh. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, whatever. Like, we all go through, like, challenging experiences and stuff. And that was just kind of, like, how I see it as a stepping stone for you to be catapulted mm-hmm. into your independence. So, that is awesome. I want to hear more about um, – because you said, like, you were independent-ish. Um, okay. So, you were still able to, like, set your own rates and stuff. Okay. Um, can you speak a little bit about that in terms of, like – the research going into it, how you were able to come up to that number and stuff. Because I feel okay. a lot of people, and not just in terms of escorting, but in general, sex workers, I feel, kind of struggle a bit with setting your price and kind of knowing your worth.
1: So, Oh, very much so. I yeah. struggle with it to this day. I actually... <laughs> Like, 10 minutes ago, right before we started filming this, I just changed my rates on my website. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's definitely a constant struggle, and that's something that I definitely think uh, is a problem in sex work because, for me, the rates that I started at were now, well, I would consider them low. Mm -hmm. But at the time when I was starting them, I'm coming from working a city job, you know, so making you know, a few hundred dollars an hour, all of a sudden coming from, you know, my last city job, I worked at a bank where I was making 20 something an hour. Mm-hmm. it's like, holy shit, I'm making bank. Uh, <laughs> so that's, I, I feel like a lot of, a lot of sex workers experience that when they first start. And then looking back, they're like, Oh my God, I was making so little. I was being, <laughs> I was undercharging <laughs> so much. But So the rates when I first started were largely, um, I spent a lot of time just looking on different advertising platforms, seeing what other people were charging and offering, and kind of understood that like the people that are charging more, they've spent a lot of time building their brands and building their image. So I kind of knew all along right from the get-go that Uh, Starting off, I would have to be probably lower than what I would like to get to, but I have to work my way up. I got to work my way up the ladder. I got to build my reputation. Yeah, got to establish myself. Um, No one is willing to pay that much for someone that they don't trust or is unreputable, right? Yeah, of course. So, uh, and then also like the rates that I first started at were also dictated by you know, other people telling me, like, this is what you should charge, or you can't charge more than this, which now I know is a complete lie. Yeah. Um, but also something in sex work that I think people don't, uh, maybe people don't notice enough, or, or like, don't realize, mm-hmm. is the issue of the fact that who we have, we as sex workers, the people that we communicate with the most directly are clients, yes. not other sex workers. Yes. And so, when you're dealing with clients who – there are so, so many wonderful, amazing, brilliant, respectable, fantastic clients in this world. Mm-hmm. But for every one of them, there's a, there's another five <laughs> dirt bags, right? Yes. That's how it goes. And so when you're being bombarded by dirtbags always telling you you're charging too high, you're charging too high. And the thing about these guys, it doesn't matter what you're charging. They will always say you're charging too high yes. because – they, they want to undermine you. Yes. They want you to charge less. They want you to be accessible to them. Uh, and it's sad. It but is. so that was like starting off. I was very kind of dictated more on like, okay, I'm working my way up. I'll start low. That's okay. I'll get to where I want to get. But then I also kind of hit a rut for a while of like, you know, being bombarded with so many people telling me, this is what your rates should be. This is how much you should be charging. This is what you're worth. You're not worth more than this. Right. And so I kind of got, I got stuck for, for quite a while. I got stuck because, you know, when you hear someone telling you this is what your worth is, how, how long are you supposed to like, how long can you listen to that without actually believing it? Yeah. Right. So true. So, uh, it's taken me a long time to get to where I'm at and, you know, I'm still, I'm going to keep going. I'm, I'm not done. I, I haven't reached my peak yet, girl. This, <laughs> we, we've got, we've got places to go still. Yeah. Um, but just kind of learning to, learning to value myself beyond what anyone else may think of me. hmm And so now my rates, what my rates are currently is basically the amount that, I, if you see me for that amount, for the amount that I'm charging, I'm happy, mm-hmm. basically. I, I'm, I've i kind of come to a place where I know now what I set my rates at are basically uh, the amount that I need in order to not feel taken advantage of, yeah. in order to feel celebrated, and in order to feel valued, like literally. like totally. you're, you're showing me that you value me literally with, with money, right? Yeah. So... It all and it you know it also goes into like there's all these uh, other expenses that people and clients don't really think of that come you know on behind the scenes right there's yeah. all our all our upkeep our nails the rent of the apartments that we rent yes. uh, you know bed sheets and laundry soap and everything else yeah uh, you know buying nice nice soap for clients to use at my in call like you know buddy that adds up yeah that definitely doesn't <laughs> add the, yeah so um yeah so that's kind of where I've landed with at my race is what makes me feel happiest mm-hmm. and anything lower than this I feel like I start to resent people a little bit because I, I feel like you know you're taking advantage of me and my time and my energy yeah and so now I what my rates are are what uh, what I feel that I deserve at the minimum, at the least.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love everything that you've said here too. Even down to like what you said too, like all the, all the uh, back end kind of things um, that make your space beautiful and also make you um, that celebrates you. You know, like we don't often speak about that, so I'm really really glad you brought that up. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, totally. I, I'm curious to like see like. And hear about your process, because it obviously sounds like you've went through some stuff and it took you some time to get where you are. Did you want to speak a little bit about that? And like, you know, when you came to that realization that like, you know, maybe like I am worth more.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, really for me, I feel like, well,
1: at the end of the day, it's always been kind of a baby step situation of like, you know. Two steps forward, one step back. Yeah. Really slowly kind of building up and up, you know, started with like increasing my rates by like twenty dollars at a time, you know, just very slowly kind of working my way up. And a lot of too, like a lot of rate basage. I think um there's a lot of fear around it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I know I've always felt, and I think everyone always feels a sense of fear when you raise your rates of like, oh no yeah what if this is it what if what if I'm not worth this much and now suddenly no one will come see me and then Mm -hmm. and then you end up seeing some great clients that love you and uh pay your new rates and then some and you're like oh oh maybe I can do this oh you know what Yeah. yeah I can do this I can get by like this totally um and so it's just kind of my process has been uh a long one, a slow one, you know, I've had a few different in-calls, a few different apartments that I've rented for work in the past, mm-hmm. um, I've had my own issues with in-calls, I've had my own issues with working with other people that, you know, weren't as ambitious as I was, and or trustworthy or reliable enough, and things have fallen through, yeah. and at the end of the day, it's kind of just knowing that I think my success comes from my belief in myself. Yeah my trust in myself and knowing that no matter what happens I because I trust myself I know I can I can do well I can get myself out of any situation and I can flourish and I can prosper and I can thrive and so just working on anytime that I kind of start to lose touch with that feeling of of trust within myself and and connection with my inner being just kind of taking some time to kind of recenter and focus that energy and being like okay I'm a bad bitch. I got this. (laughs) Let's, let's make this work. Let's go. Let's do this. I love that. Like you
0: have such a great and strong working philosophy. I think that's really, really inspiring. So
1: just wanted to let you know that. (laughs) Thank you. Well, part of, um, part of why I love this industry so much is that, Uh, you're able to do basically whatever the F you want, right? (laughs) Like, you want to try something? Try it out. Why not? Does not work? Oh, well, okay, on to the next thing. Um, And so long as you really, like, so long as you know who you are and you don't stray from that, I think, you know, you can do well and you can prosper and you can thrive. Yeah. And also, this industry is so fun. Part of the reason it's so wonderful is – you actually see a return on investment in terms of how much you put into it. Both money, but also like energy and time and branding and everything. It's, you know, when you're working a nine to five, try as hard as you might. If you don't have a boss that wants to promote you, you're not going to get promoted. and You're not going to get a raise. You're just going to then suddenly expect you to always perform at that level without actually changing your compensation in any way. Where in this industry, everything that I put into it, I I see that return. Like, Like, I directly see it. It comes straight to me.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Let's talk about, like, your website and your marketing... (laughs) strategies just because like I love your website I told you this off air but it is probably the best (laughs) it's definitely the best escort website I've ever seen like oh I'm like so flattered thank you so much (laughs) your branding the imagery even like your tone of voice like I feel like I know you by reading your copy like I know your personality I think it really really comes through
1: Thank you so much. Um, I am a writer, so I do have that going for me um, outside of sex work. Uh, (laughs) But for me, my branding and my website, I really like, Uh, you know, everyone kind of has their own things that work for them. And when I first joined this industry, I had a few people say to me that, you know, when they're discussing branding and ad copy, I had a few people say to me, like, who is Yana? Who do you want Yana to be? You know, you want her to be a persona that you feel comfortable spending a lot of time in, uh, and that's what you want to brand and market to. And this was before I had started the industry, but I kind of joined, you know, actually started in my job, and mm-hmm. I spent some time thinking about it, and I was like, well, I want to be myself. I don't, there, there is no character that I feel comfortable portraying for large portions of my life that wouldn't be draining to me. I want to be myself, uh, so, my branding and my aesthetic and my website was definitely like, you know, came from the heart. It's it's a little, it's, it's me, it's my baby. It's, <laughs> I made it. And uh, I tried to really focus on uh, portraying the most authentic version of myself that I can. Mm-hmm. Because I really feel like in this industry, branding, at the end of the day, branding is your tool to attract the right clients to you. Yes. And so I want my branding to be me so that I attract people that like me, right, That, that want to see me because they appreciate who I am, they appreciate my voice, they appreciate what I stand for. So that's really what I kind of tried to carry through to in my website. And then also I'm just... I just have a good aesthetic. I have a I have good taste. Sorry, yeah, I, have, you do. I, can't, I have. I have a good taste. I know what looks good, so I just made it look good
0: too. <laughs> oh, it's it's so good, and it, tra- it just translates beautifully. And I think it's awesome. Even like when it comes to your offerings, too, the way that you've branded that and described that, like I'll just kind of read it a little bit. So you offer three different things, kind of four, I guess. So the the sweet escape, um, mm-hmm. wine and dine. We have duos and even have your COVID buyout. Like, this is amazing. Like, how, how did you come up with that? I mean, they, they, to me, sound like different experiences.
1: Well, they are. And that's part of why they're kind of branded separately and differently because they're all different. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I kind of came into it was, honestly, at the end of the day, it was just trial and error. It was just trying things out and realizing what works best mm-hmm. for me uh the sweet escape for me has always been you know that's I feel like that's the most common that's the most like what anyone that's kind of curious and wants to try something out but isn't yet sure what to do yeah they just want they just want a little something they want a little sweet escape they want an escape from life they want to escape from their job they want to escape from stress whatever yeah so yeah come let's have a little escape you and I together and then the wine and dine is more like for the people that you know They've tried it out and they know their taste now. They know they're into it. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're ready for the next step. And then that's more of like, all right, well, let's, uh, let's explore and, uh, get to know each other more intimately and have some fun, you know, outside of the bedroom as well. Let's go on. Let's go explore. Let's let's go to dinner. Take it to your favorite place. Let's check out the menu. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my kind of my others, my wish includes like my duos and kink and other services. That's kind of, you know, for someone that's looking for something a little bit outside of the box, yeah. someone that wants to try something new and different that they've never tried before, you know, be it a, a duo, a threesome
0: mm-hmm. or,
1: you know, something a little bit more kinky. I've, I kind of feel like with my GFE approach, I try to make it clear that like I am, By no means a professional dom, but if you're someone that would like to explore something and try something out, I would love to explore it with you. Yeah, Um, (laughs) I love that. And then my COVID buyouts, that kind of just appeared, you know, kind of had to as as a result of COVID, Mm -hmm. of trying to figure out how am I going to work? In a way that's safe for me and others, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm an immunocompromised individual. So for me, my health and safety has always come first and foremost. And during the pandemic, even more so. Yeah. Um, but so that was just something I started offering because I know some people, you know, they want to continue having fun. They want to continue enjoying their lives, but they're also responsible people mm-hmm. who have disposable income and want to do what they can. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's where all of those originated from, I think. Yeah. Right?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. More than covers. It's great. <laughs> questions. Again, I have so many questions <laughs> with everything. I guess like maybe we'll start backwards and talk with COVID in terms of like how you've had to pivot
1: your okay. business
0: with COVID because that obviously fucked everything up. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, so much so. Yeah. Um, so COVID, of course, our whole industry was hit very, very, very strongly. You know, of course, we all know at this point, but so when it first hit, there was definitely like a month or two of just pure panic, just pure chaos, pure sheer, (laughs) what the hell are we all going to do? How are we going to survive this? You know, I kind of had a, I had a nice of, you know, recentering myself and, grounding myself and remembering like this is the oldest profession in the world I will will survive I will thrive and I will prosper again things are hard right now but it's okay we'll we'll get through it yeah but definitely my actual offerings and the way that I worked had to change a lot because suddenly I really had to more so prioritize and focus on existing relationships rather than you know advertising for new clients oh really kind of me, personally, I kind of pared down my list of people that I see. And, of course, even the people that I used to see very regularly, there's a few of them that I continue seeing through the pandemic, but, of course, it was at a much lower, um, much reduced frequency? rate. Yeah. Not, not reduced rate, like, financially, but, like, less frequently. So yeah. So, less, less frequency. And, uh, yeah, so just really kind of focusing on the people that that care and that are responsible as well and focusing a lot more on longer dates kind of spending more time together and I also think it ended up working out because a lot of people were of course as soon as the pandemic hit suddenly a lot more lonely and Not able to go out and enjoy their life as much. So, you know, kind of prioritizing, okay, well, I can go see my favorite girl and then just spend a little bit of extra time with her, Mm -hmm. kind of worked out well for for all for all of us. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. totally.
0: Oh my gosh. Uh yeah, COVID has been a really interesting time, but I think it really, Mm -hmm. you know, made us realize that we are all resilient and Mm -hmm. there are ways to kind of repackage and reinvent yourself and you know, move forward because I mean the world doesn't stop spinning right so we just <laughs> you just got to keep going <laughs> I also want to talk to you about duos too because we haven't really talked about duos a lot in the show at all so do you want to speak a little bit about that and like working with others and how you form those connections and like how do you work with other people
1: <laughs> How sure, do you think yeah. of- well duos obviously in the times of COVID are quite different from yes back in the day, how they used to be. <laughs> uh, for the longest time, like, I, I I, did very few duos last year. Like, I, I kind of... Most people kind of stopped offering them for a while. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. A lot of
1: people still don't offer them. Um, but in general, the way that I have gone about duos, the way that I do duos nowadays, um, which duos just means, like, having two, two escorts that you're seeing, so basically a threesome, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so... The deals that I've been doing, the way you've kind of formed those relationships is like, they're just friends. I don't know. I've always, I I think I I know quite, I know, I feel like I know a, a decent amount of uh fellow workers here in Vancouver
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh quite a few of them have mentioned to me they're like how do you know all these people how do you meet all these people I'm just literally like I just put myself on the line guys I just I bounce <laughs> into people's Twitter's DMs I say hey what's up you seem cool do you want to hang out and then I you know if they say no I say okay sounds good <laughs> you know I can live with rejection I'm fine with that I love myself I know who I am I know what I'm about yeah um but so Really, it's kind of just meeting people, testing the waters out. Uh, you know, some people you end up becoming really good friends with, other people not so much. Yeah. But it's really, it's not different from any, it's not different from, you know, as a client finding an escort that you click with. It's the same thing right. for duos. Like, you just meet people and then you go, oh, you know what? You and I get along well together. Yeah, <laughs> we should do this. Like, this would be fun. Yeah, that's that's basically it. Just finding people that you vibe with well, the yeah. energy you match. And before ever starting this industry, I used to kind of be weirded out by the idea of having sex with my friends. Yeah. Uh, But now it's like perfectly normal. Yeah, we just, yeah, we have sex
0: sometimes. It's great. It's fun for all of us, (laughs) it's encouraged. (laughs) And I like that approach too. Like, you just, it's like, you're just like hanging out with friends and, you know, we're just like, whatever, cold call, send a DM, slide into the DMs on Twitter or whatever. It's the same way that I like find my podcast guests. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Slide into the yeah. DMs. I'm like, hey, do you want to be on my show? Yeah, you just gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be confident enough that rejection doesn't hurt you and that it's okay. And but you know, what what do you have? What do you have to lose? Yeah. At the end of the day, someone says no, or you meet someone and you don't get along, you don't hit it off. Okay. And, okay, that's it. Moving yeah. on. Now, continue on with your life. And eventually, you do find people that you do click with very well,
0: right? Exactly, yeah. That's a really, really great way of looking at it. <laughs> um, I also wanted to talk to you about boundaries um, cool. in terms of, like, well, yes, we know what we offer, but, like, what are your boundaries? How do you enforce that? How do you deal with clients that, you know, want to try something new or something or something that you're not comfortable with? How do you approach those conversations?
1: Well, at the end of the day, I feel like in sex work, people often talk about boundaries. But what people don't talk about enough about is consent. Mm hmm. Um, Yes. So someone pushing a boundary isn't someone pushing a boundary. That's someone not listening to your consent. That's someone that's violating your consent. Yes. And I just I don't see those people. Or if I mm-hmm. do see them and they push my boundaries, they violate my consent, I say, okay, that's it. We're not continuing this. Mm-hmm. Because just because I'm an escort doesn't mean that I, my consent is any less important than anyone else's. Mm-hmm. Um, boundaries, very much so, you need you need good communication. If someone doesn't communicate before doing something, hello, what are you doing? Yeah. You need to communicate, you need to discuss expectations. Um and at the end of the day, also like a lot of clients, I think as an escort, people often message. Every escort knows this. People always message and say, "Like, do you offer this and this and this and this, this specific sexual service?" Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, bro, I don't know. I don't know you. I don't know <laughs> if I'll feel comfortable <laughs> doing that with you. You know, right now you're just a random number. Has anyone introduced himself? Yeah. In my inbox, I don't know if I want to do these activities with you. Um. And that's definitely something that I find I found as I kind of rebranded and uh, continued upping my brand, mm-hmm. uh, working towards what I wanted to, I started receiving less and less of those kind of inquiries because um, people will, you know it's similar to like when I was saying like people saying, you know you're not worth this much. you need to, you need to charge less and less for this for this service. Well, those are the exact same kind of people that uh, they're looking to get your service for as low as possible. And they're thinking of it as your service. They're thinking of it as, you know, essentially using you like a sex doll. Right. When I'm not. Part of why I do a GFE, is I am not a sex doll. I am a human being that's here to hang out with you, have fun, have some crazy good sex. But I'm not going to promise anything for you until I know you until I've met you and I feel like anyone that expects you to that's a little bit of a red flag to me all th- right off the bat if mm-hmm. someone inquires with you and asks you for this and that service and they want this specifically like just the fact that you don't even like clearly from you asking this you don't really understand what consent is mm-hmm. and you don't really get what good sex is either what fun sex is either and I'd love to show you but like you need to grow up a little bit more before I ever feel comfortable seeing you.
0: Yeah, 100%, 100%. Because, I mean, as you market yourself and as you've kind of rebranded stuff, um, you branded yourself, um, you're, like, do by doing that, you are not marketing yourself to those types of people. So it's, like, already weeding those types of peeps out, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, like, going along with this conversation, can we talk about, your screening process and like security sure yeah yeah what's happening with that
1: <laughs> um so you know everyone in the industry has their own screening practices um and i've always felt like right off the bat the clearest easiest screening is just asking or providing, like saying, like, for example, when I advertise in my ads, I say, contact me with the following. Mm -hmm. All I ask for is your name, age, a brief description, when you'd like to meet, and for how long. Right. And just based on someone's ability to provide that information, right off the bat, you get a lot of, (laughs) you know, what kind of person they are. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of starting off how how I always... That's like that's the base level screening. Like, can you follow simple direction? Yeah. Can you answer simple questions, yes or no? Uh, then going off of that, I personally do not ask for ID. I know a lot of other people that do. Mm-hmm. Um, some people ask for ID. I ask for ID if I'm doing an out call to a residential address. Okay. Then I ask for ID with matching with the address matching on the ID, mm-hmm. or so, you know, for personal safety. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, what I do is I always make sure that. You know, I have access to a few different blacklists, which are just lists of bad clients to not see. Mm-hmm. So I run their contact info through the blacklist that I'm a part of to see if anything comes up. Um, if someone is texting me, I always make sure that it is a real phone number, not just a burner app number. Because yes. burner app numbers are really easy to buy and just switch and pretend you're someone else, right? Yes. Um, and then always taking a deposit as well. Mm-hmm. Um And that idea is like, listen, I've clearly, you can see how much time and energy and money I've put into becoming who I am today and the professional that I am and building the rapport and, you know, becoming an established provider. I've put in a lot of time into this. So the least you can do is send me 50 bucks at least. (laughs) Yeah. Just to show me that you are also legit. So that's kind of what I do, and a lot of it is very, very much so based on gut feeling at the end of the day. Yeah, I hear that. I have, I've had a few bad calls, and every single one of the bad calls has been with someone that I had a bad gut feeling, but then Mm -hmm. I rationalized it, and I told myself, no, he didn't actually say anything bad, Mm -hmm. he didn't actually do anything bad right out the gate, so uh, I guess I'll see him, and then it ends up being not good. Oh, no. Uh, But you know, whatever you live and you learn, but it's very much so like you have to trust your gut. And I feel like uh, I've gotten personally, I've gotten really, really good at at learning a lot about someone just based off of three texts back and forth.
0: You know, wow, okay, there's a lot there. Are you comfortable sharing some of your bad, like, in calls and out calls that you've had?
1: Well, I've never had a bad out call, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I've been raped before.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry.
1: Well, it's one of those things, like, um, a lot of us have. Yeah. Right? A lot of us have. And for me, it's something like, rape isn't something that was new to me when I joined this industry. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something that I've lived with and experienced well before.
0: Yeah.
1: And... Uh, yeah, it fucking sucks. And there, there's not much to say beyond that. Yeah, it fucking sucks. Yeah, it fucking sucks. I <laughs> but so you sorry. Will find ways to cope. One of my favorite things about this industry is the community and yes. the resources and the support that you receive from others within it. Mm-hmm. And so, anytime I've had anything bad, creepy, weird happen to me. I've always had, you know, a whole, such a wide, huge net of people behind me that are there to support me and to ensure my health and safety and to help me get back on my feet. And mm. and we're all there for each other and we all support each other in the same ways.
0: Yeah, I love that you said that just because it's so true. And unfortunately, your experience um, isn't And I say say this in the nicest way possible, but unfortunately it's not new and it happens to so many of us, whether you are an escort, whether you are a stripper, whether you provide some other service, you know, like that's always like a risk that, uh, okay, risk is not the right word because I don't want to do any victim blaming at all, but it's just like, especially in that line of work, it's very, very vulnerable and you are placed in a very vulnerable position.
1: Yeah, but right. at the end of the day, I mean, when you're talking about risk, you we experience risk as women mm-hmm. just exist just in our day to day lives. Yes. We're always at risk of sexual violence, and we just happen to be in a in a position working in an industry where predatory men just think that we are. for them it's just like easy bait right you know like it's it's even easier like because they think oh well you know this isn't just a woman on the street this is a woman you know that I'm paying I'm paying for her time with so I can do whatever the fuck I want to her I own her for this period of time
0: right yeah and that sense Um, of entitlement is
1: dangerous of course and it's there. And, you know, I don't, I don't think we should downplay it. I'm sure, you know, maybe there's some people that have never had any kind of risky situations happen to them before. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end of the day, like I said, rape isn't something that was new to me when I entered this industry. Like I, I'm a, I'm a woman. I, I, I see sexual assault around me and the woman around me every single day inside and outside of the industry Uh, Being in this industry doesn't really, doesn't take it away. It's impossible to take it away. How can you when predator, the way predators exist and by existing, they learn to, they learn to find ways to navigate around, um, around boundaries and around Mm -hmm. screening and around, you know,
0: around laws,
1: of course. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yana, thank you so much for sharing that. Like, that is incredibly intimate information you just share. And I'm sure someone listening, and there are a lot of listeners too, I feel that have experienced assault in some kind of way, if not sexual assault. So thank you for that. I, I really do appreciate that. Because sometimes people just think that sex work is this glamorous Thing and sometimes people are just so gla- like blinded by the glamorization of it, and we forget to talk about the ugly side of things sometimes. So I'm really glad we were able to have a discussion on this point.
1: Yeah, Aww. it's one of those things that we, of course, sex work is glamorous. It's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. It's yeah. glamorous, <laughs> but you're still existing as a woman in a vulnerable position, and there will always be people. we'll try to take advantage of that and we'll try to take advantage of you of course in any industry you work in sex industry or not
0: Mm -hmm. and uh, uh,
1: you know i don't even know what this i i stopped keeping track of the statistics because they're so abysmal and so upsetting but everyone knows a woman that has been assaulted yes everyone we are all around so uh, every woman has experienced assault I feel like in some manner in her life because that is sadly the uh the, the reality that
0: yeah that is our reality
1: unfortunately. yeah and we I feel like we got to talk about it more because it's so I feel like it can be so isolating and mm-hmm. the trauma of it is just so it's so overwhelming and it's so upsetting and the fact that it's not really talked about is even worse because yeah. then you feel like, oh, fuck, I'm the only one feeling this. and the only one going through this. Yes. Little do you know so many people around you are, are dealing with the same grief.
0: Yeah, 100%. And, like, again, like, by having conversations like this we will normalize this type of conversation because it is something that happens and we need to acknowledge it to yeah, move forward, totally. right? So I guess with that, we can move into some Q&A. Okay. <laughs> there's a bunch of questions that came in but let me ask my question because I didn't even get to talk about this yet but okay so what what is the big difference in terms of like what you offered in the beginning of when you first started escorting and what you offer now and yeah I guess like were there any mistakes that you would never repeat again <laughs>
1: When I entered the industry, I was definitely, my offerings were a lot more focused on what I thought other people wanted, Mm -hmm. and not what I actually had to offer. Um, So I think when I first started, it was a lot more services-based, a lot more trying to appeal to the mass market, Mm -hmm. and now what's changed is I Fuck that. I'm not trying to appeal to anyone. <laughs> I am me. And if you are attracted to me and the vibe is right, let's get together, let's have fun. And, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. We'll see how it goes. But I think what I would definitely advise to anyone entering this industry, or if I could advise, you know, younger me, you know, little baby hooker version of me, I would <laughs> definitely tell myself that uh, trust yourself and don't try to change yourself in a way in any way that someone else tells you to Mm
0: -hmm. don't
1: change yourself because someone else thinks you should do what you think is right and stick true to your gut. And that's really what the most has changed for me and my branding and my offerings is now what I offer is what I enjoy, which is getting to know someone and having fun and, uh, you know, inside and outside of the bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: how, how does she navigate duos since it's illegally soldiered, or I guess soldiered, soldiered as selling sex as a third party? I'm not sure about that question. It isn't. Yeah, I'm not sure about that question.
1: Um, I think what that question is, I think that question is thinking of it more like in terms of me kind of being madam-esque, oh. and, like, and I have my girls that I bring into it, yeah, uh, not, but though. really how I navigate duos is we're two independent girls, we get together, we agree upon a rate, we mm-hmm. always match, we leave with the same amount. Yeah. Um, And we just agreed to, yeah, let's the two of us get together, make some money, have a fun threesome. And oh my God, duos are the most fun. I love duos. I mean, you know, as a bi woman, A – uh even girls <laughs> <It's> so <odd>. hot <laughs> so like, yes. yes please please give me the opportunity to fuck more women like i i really want that in my life um, but also yeah it's literally just we're both independent workers we're agreeing to a rate we're agreeing to our restrictions neither of us do anything we don't want to do and we leave with money and Yay. have a fun time that's it that sounds great.
0: What? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess on that note, um, if you're by, do you ever receive any female clients?
1: Oh my gosh, I haven't yet. Yet. And I'm waiting. I'm I'm I I feel like that's one thing. I gotta change my branding. I gotta figure something out. <laughs> women come to me, please. <laughs> I love women. I do have like a fair number of clients that are couples. Okay. And those are always my favorite because I can usually just focus entirely on the woman, <laughs> and the man. The man is equally happy. You know, what? What's he gonna complain? What? Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, but women clients are definitely like a rare breed in this industry. There's every. There's a few girls that you know will say like, I've had one or two in, the, all, in all the years I've worked. Like they're around somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll hopefully I'll find some. I'll take some up. Hopefully.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyone listening? Hello, because I know that some cl- I know some clients definitely listen to this show and have. <laughs> yes. Hi. Come yeah. fuck me, please. I love to fuck girls. Yay. <laughs> yeah. This show has been able to connect, like my my guests with clients. So, anyone listening, please check out Yana's website. <laughs> we'll plug it at <laughs> <end> the show. <laughs> Um. This one is, do you exclude any services during COVID? Um. I guess this person has excluded kissing as a part of her services during COVID. Uh-oh. So she's wondering if you uh-huh. are doing anything like that as well.
1: Uh-huh. I, at the beginning of COVID, I fully cut out all... Fluid exchange, no kissing, nothing, nada. Mm-hmm. Um, now I've opened back up to kissing, but only but I've also I haven't really been seeing new clients. I've only been seeing uh, oh my mostly goodness. my regulars who are people that I know and I trust. And any new clients that I do see are well vetted. I don't see anyone that's engaging in any kind of risky behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've kind of I've kind of opened it back up now a little bit, um, but still. Still doing my screening in terms of making sure, you know, they've been COVID safe and responsible and then we can, uh, then we can see how it goes. Yeah,
0: then we can talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, have you had any clients get upset over something that you don't offer? I know we briefly went over that. If you wanted to say something else on that note, you can.
1: Oh, my gosh. All the time. <laughs> so many people, Why don't you do this? I want this. I want that. And at the end of the day, listen – you're just you're acting like a little child little toddler that didn't get his toy <laughs> in the in Walmart and uh, that's not that's not what I offer. that's not what I'm here for. Yeah. you if you're looking for a specific service, find a provider that provides that specific service and yes. explicitly says it. But also, I mean, I kind of feel like you know we've, we've touched on this and we discussed this, but like my branding, I'm not a sex doll. I'm not here to provide services. Mm-hmm. I'm here for that connection, for us to enjoy sex. And I feel like that's the at the end of the day, it's kind of sad. I feel like that so many people haven't actually experienced great sex in their lives. Yeah, because great sex is not about who goes down on who. What kind of what positions do we go into? Great sex is oh my god, we're having so much fun. Let's just keep going and 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 see. And, and do what feels right. Do what feels good. Do what makes our bodies feel good. Relax. Enjoy. And frankly, I'm just not interested in seeing anyone that doesn't have that same idea when it comes to sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said.
0: <laughs> and go, we went over this a little bit too, but what steps have you taken with the pandemic in regards to your business?
1: Definitely you know thorough screening for any new clients and regulars as well um reducing the amount of new people that I'm seeing in general reducing the amount of appointments I see ever mm-hmm. uh, I usually like I don't see more than two people a week right now um you know for a while I was reducing like no saliva exchange or anything like that um also just general kind of other upkeep like in my ankle like I sanitize everything I clean so much so much laundry just being extra vigilant on uh keeping up on making sure that everything is spick and span yeah Mm -hmm.
0: yeah okay great yeah lots of great uh tips there too in case anyone else is listening so (laughs) take note and I guess the last question here is do you cam and I guess this is coming from the What's the angle in terms of like, have you had to pivot in other forms of sex work while the pandemic was happening?
1: Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's a very valid question. Mm-hmm. And anyone that's in this industry knows that come pandemic, so many people suddenly switched and transitioned into online work. Yes. Uh, I never cammed. I never did OnlyFans. I didn't really do that. I At the beginning of the pandemic, I did you know, kind of in the panic when everyone was like, oh, oh what are we going to do? How are we going to survive? Yeah. I started to offer a few different online options. Um, mm-hmm. And I did that for a couple of months. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's just not me. Yeah. Like, I fully respect it. And I, I, it's amazing for, the, for performers, people that can perform in that way. But part of the reason that I entered this industry and the reason that I love this industry is I like to do things that make me feel good. And I never really could get into... I could never fully get into online work because it just didn't feel right. I wasn't having fun. I, yeah. I miss the... I, I love sex. Like, I just... I love sex. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't like sexual acts. I don't like... It's not that, you know, sexual services, the idea of sex, performing sex. I like the actual act of it. Mm-hmm. So for me... I found for my business and for my, not just my business, but honestly, like, my physical and my mental health and well-being,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, online work just wasn't for me. So I decided that for me what would be best and safest would be to just reduce the number of people that I see and kind of really focus on nurturing and growing those relationships. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and that's that's what's been good for me, yeah.
0: I love how how true to yourself you have been throughout this entire pandemic and this entire it's been thing hard.
1: it's been tough yeah
0: <laughs> but again the resilience is really admirable so that's super cool and you've just stayed so true to yourself and on brand and everything and i think that is like it's just so key
1: so key to your success <laughs> yes i i would agree yeah staying true to yourself is very important because at the end of the day You know, I'm sure I could have made a lot of money if I did things differently. But at the end of the day, I just want to be happy. Mm -hmm. I want to live a life that I feel celebrated and excited about. um, And I don't want to do anything that doesn't fit into that.
0: Yeah, of course. Of course. That's so important. Because, again, as I said earlier, there's just a lot of people that just, you know, maybe are just not there and yeah. they're not authentically themselves yet. They don't know how to value themselves. They don't know what their value is. They don't know who they are. And that's okay. It's just, you're going to have to come to that point. And when you get to that point, it's just going to be like, oh my God, a light bulb went off. <laughs> what okay. am I doing? <laughs> but I guess totally. I, with that being said, that brings us to the end of the episode. But before I let you go, where can we find you?
1: so my website is yanapetrova.com um y-a-n-a-p-e-t-r-o-v-a.com and you can find me on twitter and instagram but i'm way more active on twitter guys like i don't yeah i just have an instagram to link to my twitter <laughs> <laughs> and my handle is at yanapetrov with two v's that's y-a-n-a-p-e-t-r-o-v-v Awesome. And I'll be sure
0: to plug those links, all your handles and everything in the show notes. If you haven't already checked it out, be sure to check it out. And that it's me on Instagram. So strip by Sia or my personal Sia Steph. And it's new new episode. Can, I cannot talk anymore. I've been like in meetings for so long. Um, it's, <laughs> God damn it. It's new episodes every single Sunday on wherever you get your podcasts. I'm literally everywhere. And... Go over forget to like, rate, share, and subscribe. Maybe write me a nice little review. And we'll catch everyone in for another episode next Sunday. Thanks,
1: Yana. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
0: You're listening to Strip by Sia, hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia, artwork by Maria Belandirama, music by Ted D, and photography by Ian (laughs) Daburn.